Welcome everybody. I'm here today with Catherine Leitner, who is the Director Cloud Solution Architecture for EMEA at VMware. Welcome, Catherine. Hi, how are you today? I'm very well. Thank you for joining, Catherine. I would like my viewers to get to know you a little bit, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. And first, thank you so much for uh, you know inviting me to join this uh, session because I've seen all of your sessions on LinkedIn and um, they're just fantastic. And this is such a great interview series, so I'm I'm just super pleased to um, to to be part of it. Um, yeah. So to tell folks a little bit about myself, you know, as you said, I'm I'm currently at VMware. I've been here now for about six and a half years, uh, and I'm now the director of solutions architecture for our cloud team in in EMEA. Um, but uh, lots of the things I haven't been in IT all of my life, which I you know, I know we'll get to talk about some of that because you're going to ask me some questions around that. Um, but yeah, just generally about myself, uh, you know, I know you have a lot of folks in Europe. Uh, who are your audience, and they're all probably going, where is this woman from? She sounds really funny. I can't place her accent. <laughs> um, so I'm actually, uh, even though I'm now based in Europe, I'm originally American. I've been uh, in the UK now for just over 12, about 12, 13 years. So I, I largely consider myself a, a, a Brit now, even though I am originally from, from the US, but it's been quite interesting because there are, even though the countries are so similar, there have been a lot of things I've had to learn just culturally, which has been a real, real education. But now, yep, this is definitely my home. I've got a son, you know, who's, uh, a well, you know, he's 12 going on, uh, whatever, 20, he already lives the life of a teenager. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a really interesting uh, journey. So um, this immediately piqued my interest. You say you have been in the UK for 12 years and your son is 12 years. So is there a connection there? <laughs> um, Potentially, yeah, I definitely, you know, if I had lots of people will say, well, why did you move to the UK? You know, I had lived in America, you know, most of my adult life. And yeah, you know, classic, I've moved for love story. <laughs> I guess my partner's English. And so, so we're both over here. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's a classic romantic. I moved to a different continent for my yeah. story. And yeah. um, but but coming back to to your history in the U.S. So you grew up in in the U.S. Where where in the U.S. did you come from? Where did you go to school? What's your fam What was your family like? Yeah, so I grew up actually in southern Virginia, southeastern Virginia. So quite near uh, well, the closest place say would be like the Virginia Beach area, the the Hampton Roads area. So grew up at the beach. I'm very much a beach person, which. Uh, that's definitely my life's goal. One of my life's goals when people say, you know, where do you see yourself? You know, where do you want to be? I want to be at a house by the seaside where I can wake up every morning with my cup of coffee and just look out over the sea. So that's mm -hmm. absolutely just because, you know, that's what I've grew up doing my, my whole life. So, um, so grew up in Virginia, uh, actually went to, went to university, went to college uh, in Pennsylvania, Penn State University. Mm -hmm. So then went on from there and actually got my master's degree in, uh, in healthcare administration oh. from, um, 
from uh, Virginia Commonwealth University, so back in Virginia. Uh, so, and you're going, wow, you've got a master's in healthcare administration. That has absolutely nothing to do with IT, which, which is really part of my kind of career arc. And, you know, a lot of, certainly a lot of the conversations I sometimes have with folks I'm, I'm mentoring or we're talking about career paths, uh, you know, because folks, I think there's a statistic that says that people will have at least five, four or five different careers throughout their lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm definitely on about my second or third. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those things where I, I started my journey in healthcare. It just, just so happened, actually, I had a job in high school where I worked part-time at a hospital. Oh, okay. And I thought, this is kind of interesting. You know, maybe maybe there's a career. Maybe I can do this as a job. And it turns out you could. <laughs> you know, you you could actually you know work in healthcare and um, be a hospital administrator. And you know, that's what I went to school for, and I did all that, and I worked for a number of years in that. Uh, but then the reality was, I realized I hated it. <laughs> as soon as as soon as I started working full time in this job I'd been preparing for and going to school for for what for for seven years uh it dawned on me that it was potentially a really bad choice <laughs> this is such an interesting point because i had a couple of conversations with other women and what came up was that a job might look completely different from the outside than from the inside so you never really know until you try so you have to be open to actually switching like like you did um i was my next question would have been if someone in your family had been in it or why you chose it but obviously that was not the case right no um <laughs> No, but you know, I'll I'll go back to my healthcare job because the the interesting thing is, and I'll I'll try not to age myself uh, too too much here, but at, at the time I was to I guess to simplify it, I was effectively a, a kind of a financial analyst type role, um, just at its very basic roots, and I did a lot of stuff on computers, mm -hmm. a lot of spreadsheets, a lot of things in computers, and and at the time. Um, sort of personal computers uh, were becoming very new in offices, to, you know, to the point where, you know, like where everybody had their own desktop computer and those kind of things. Um, but there weren't a lot of skill sets. So I kind of became the person in the office who understood how to troubleshoot and fix the computers and the printers and, and those kind of things. And I just started going through this thought process where it was dawning on me to so, say, you know what, I like this kind of side gig. I've got going on where I'm doing all the work on the computers more than the actual job that I get paid to do. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of took it from there and said, you know what, I, I think I'd like to explore that a lot further. And what I did was I took, I just went and took some night classes. Oh, okay. I went and took some night classes uh, around Microsoft, started learning you know, about Microsoft service NT40 at the time that that'll put some age on me. But, um, but yeah, started, started just learning about, you know, Microsoft, how to, you know, how to run servers and those kind of things got, got a lot of training, got, got certified and then was able to, to kind of leapfrog from there and get my first job, you know, where my job was actually, you know, doing, doing system admin and network admin and server admin. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I saw on your LinkedIn profile that you actually started out as something like a solution systems engineer type of job, the, the career in IT then. So it was an interesting time really uh, back then, because um, as you said, there weren't a lot of people who actually had any computer skills because there were those hardcore computer people who did, you know, stuff like mainframe and COBOL programming and the stuff that was real IT. And yeah. then this whole new world opened up and there was nobody. So that was a great time to actually get into IT. And um, I also, what I also like about your story is that it shows that if you're interested in something, you can always acquire the skills no matter what you did before that. So that's also something I love to show with this series, that there is no, uh, not necessarily a straight path you have to take and you, know, you have to do computer science and you have to have been interested in tech from like a really young age, that it's just uh, the most important thing is actually to be interested and, and then move forward. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And there's a there's a book that I always recommend uh, called The Squiggly Career. Oh, okay. Is uh, it very much talks about that, that that our careers are usually never just a, you know, you think about a career ladder or a straight path, but they just zigzag all over the place. And sometimes, um, you know, sometimes that works really well for folks. And I, I'm, I'm definitely like a case study, someone who's gone lots of different directions. I, I agree. Uh, I don't know if you know that, but my background is also not in IT. I studied chemistry. I have a PhD in chemistry. I also, you know, decided yeah. at some point when I came into contact with computers that this was more fun and, and switched. So I, I tend to agree. And it's also a sign of the time. And I think it's going to be even more frequent that people change careers, you know, because like my parents or, or, or their parents, they always, you know, they chose a job and then they stayed on the, in it until death. But um, yeah. That, that oh, yeah. has completely changed, and I think that is something that will be more and more prominent um, in, in the future, especially for, for the generation that's going into the job market now. And I, therefore, it's also really important for them to understand that they can always acquire new skills if, if, if something interests them. So when you then um, switched into IT, um, how, how did that working as a system engineer take you to being director of cloud solutions architecture because that's a big thing i mean it's not it's not everybody gets there so what did you do yeah it it is and you know i, I look back and it's it's definitely been a journey um I, I think I've kind of embraced exactly the same thing when I transitioned from healthcare into IT, which that was the, that was a massive change for sure. Um, but as I look back on even on the IT career, I have made lots of different sometimes sideways steps, uh, you know, just to kind of maybe take a pivot or change direction and then come back to other things. So. You know, for example, you know, I worked for a number of years in uh, different organizations as a systems engineer. I was an exchange administrator, Windows Server administrator, network administrator, you know, did work my way up to some management roles, you know, in that kind of context at a, I would say, customer site. And then I had an opportunity to actually pivot and move from uh, being a, you know, hands-on systems engineer to working for a vendor. And to, and to working for an IT vendor, and at the time it was uh, it was EMC, in 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 the uh, in the Americas in the US. So uh, that was my first sort of step into working in the vendor world, where I learned a whole lot more about kind of different technologies and how to, 
you know, just that whole sort of sales conversation and that kind of process versus the hands-on. So it started, it started, um, I think, adding a whole new set of skills into my skill sets, you know, whereas in a hands-on IT role, you know, it was definitely much more technical. Uh, but then when I moved on to the vendor side, I think that's when I really started building a lot more of the soft skills, mm -hmm. whether it was presenting or speaking or how to be consultative and those kind of things. So while I could still bring those technical skills, it really started um, building out the breadth of what I could potentially bring to an employer. Mm -hmm. uh, and I actually stayed with EMC in total probably for, I don't know, probably about six years or so. Uh, in different roles as a system engineer in the US, but then actually I was with them when I moved to the UK. Um, and I have to give them so, so much thanks. I'm grateful for everything they did. I was able to find a role here in the UK and, and move over here with them, which I'm, which I'm always grateful for, for sure. Uh, and then, you know, worked for them here as a systems engineer covering lots of different accounts, uh, industries, verticals, again, just exposing me to lots of different things so that I could figure out, you know, what I enjoyed, what I liked doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually, I took a break. I took a break in the middle of my stint at EMC and then, you know, had my son. Mm -hmm. uh, and I actually went back, you know, took a normal amount of maternity leave, took about six months maternity leave and then and then came back. And, and actually, I worked worked con continued to work for about a year mm -hmm. and we decided for our family that just wasn't working mm -hmm. and uh so i just decided you know i'm gonna step back from it's i need to step back from work and so i stepped back from work and took a good two or two years off or so okay. wow. um and was a stay-at-home mom <laughs> uh because that that's what our family needed to do at the time it, it's just what made sense. Yeah. And, um, you know, but then as my son grew, got older, kind of got more self-sufficient, we we decided it was, time, it was time for me to go back to work, not just because he had progressed, but also because I was, I very much wanted to get back to work, yeah. uh, you know, because it's who I am. Um, I enjoy having the, the stimulation, you know, the challenge of working. It was just, it was just who I, who I am and who I wanted to be. And, you know, and again, I'll give, um, I'll give EMC credit where credit is due. You know, it just so happened, you know, they had an opportunity to come back in the team. Now, granted, I had been out of the workforce for, you know, about two, two and a half years, mm -hmm. uh, but they were willing to take a chance on me, bring me back into the organization, which, you know, which is a great example because there's lots of women in that situation these days where, they may have taken time off to, you know, do childcare or, you know, particularly in COVID times, we hear about so many women who are dropping out of the workforce. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's important that, you know, we as employers have open eyes to those kind of situations where, you know, just because a woman's been out of the workforce for a couple of years doesn't mean that. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean she's any less skilled. <laughs> exactly. And uh, you, you touched on so many interesting and wonderful points and I love the story. I just want to, to jump in here because what I'm thinking is um, 
the field is changing so rapidly that whatever you knew like three years ago is not yeah. necessarily that what you need today, which means you have to acquire new skills anyway. So you can Absolutely. just as well hire a woman who's been at home with her kid, which makes total sense for two years and bring her in. It doesn't really matter who you train, does it now? You know? Absolutely. So. And I say, um, as a hiring manager now, um, that's exactly what I kind of look look at i'm almost more interested in somebody's attitude their aptitude uh, and those kind of things versus do they know everything about the technology inside and out because yeah. people can learn the technology inside and out it's the soft skills the how they present themselves do they you know can they have a compelling conversation and tell a compelling story to a customer mm -hmm. those are almost more important because they're harder and it's not that you can't teach those they're just a lot harder to teach yeah and um, that reminds me of what you said initially about acquiring those soft skills when you move to to dell i think that's a very important point that um these soft skills you're talking about i, I assume this is like for example communication presenting yes. because it was the same for me as well when i moved yeah. into field from a partner company. Um, I think those are uniquely um, suited for, for women. I mean, I know that not all women are the same, obviously, but I do feel that we have a tendency to bring um, good skills in, in that, that field, right? Yeah, I work with both. And I, um, yes, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity for women in particular to excel in those soft skill areas. Yeah. So I guess um, when you bring someone on board and you see that they have the aptitude and, and they can, uh, you know, present themselves and a the solution and whatever, I guess um, it totally makes sense to, to just um, teach them the skills necessary because they will change anyway, you know, all these stuff we're learning. Yeah. When I just think back on the five years I've been with VMware, there's so much new stuff uh, around. <laughs> It hardly doesn't matter what I learned in, in my first new hire trainings. So yeah, I love that. And and so you you went into you you went back into the workforce and at, at uh, Dell, I guess it was already then. I know I still call I still call them EMC because that's who they were when I when oh, I was there. Okay. Um, but yes, you're absolutely right. It is <laughs> the Dell EMC. And uh, yeah, so I worked again after I, after I came back into the workforce, carried on there. And then, you know, again, this was kind of another pivot where I really wanted to get more into um, more into the software industry. And I just had an opportunity to join, you know, move over from the, the Dell EMC side of the family to the VMware side of the family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, came into VMware as a, as a systems engineer. Mm -hmm covered, you know, again, covered wide variety of accounts. Uh, and that's when, you know, every, every solution, every pre-sales solutions engineer usually has this conversation with themselves where they say, I should go into sales. I see, <laughs> I see my, I see my sales counterpart over there, you know, bringing in all the big bucks and I'm doing all the work. I should get credit. I, I should get all the credit for it. So, uh, so I did decide I was going to have a go at sales. <laughs> Um, and so that was kind of another pivot that I did, which was to move into the sales organization. Um, and so I worked in our sales organization for a couple years in a couple different sales roles. And again, this was another thing where I've moved, I pivoted in a different direction and I was able to 
use the technical skills that I had, which I think made me a better salesperson because I, I had a, I had enough knowledge of kind of the technical background. And so I could have some more detailed conversation and that really helped. But then on the sales side, what I've gained from that is a lot of additional skills that maybe I didn't have before. Again, these were like selling skills, yeah. kind of a, a more of an understanding of the sales side of the business and how the sales side works and those kind of things. So it was just kind of putting in a lot of other skills in my basket that I could then carry on with me in my knapsack, whatever, to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, and so when the opportunity came for me to take a take a leadership role in our back in our systems engineering business in the cloud business it was just a natural fit because i'd i'd gone and experimented with sales which was hugely valuable but i was able to then come back into the technical organization as a leader but it's been hugely valuable, I think, to my team and to the rest of the business, because I now have a more balanced view of the business as a whole. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can have different conversations sometimes because I have more insight into some of the needs on the sales side. And I can bring that into what I need to be doing for the team on the technical side. Yeah, yeah. That's actually, that brings me to two points that I, I want to talk about. And one is um, the benefit of working in big organizations. And yes. that already popped up in my mind when you said you had the chance to move to, to the UK through Dell. Um, I think this mobility that you have within big organization is something we should talk about. And then also the role mobility that you had. I think that's something that, that is unique to, to working in a vendor like VMware or you know this, this big Corporation, there are drawbacks, but then there's the the upside yeah. of yeah. <laughs> absolutely, um, yes. There's absolutely up, you know, up pros and cons for for large organizations. But this idea that you have a lot of career mobility um, is absolutely a plus. Uh, you know, both EMC and Dell EMC and VMware hugely supportive of internal mobility and folks you know moving around you know based on whatever their career path is or their development goals there's so much um training that that's on offer at vmware i mean there's so i can't even consume everything i want to consume it's Im yeah. impossible um but if i look for example at my transition from a from an se from an se role to a sales role vmware is hugely helpful because what I was able to do is something I do recommend to folks is I was able to, <clears throat> to do the job before I had the job. Oh. Mm -hmm. So to find, find a mentor mm -hmm. who helped coach me on, you know, some of the sales skills where I might've had some gaps, mm -hmm. you know, that I would need to yeah. fill before I could position myself for a role, but also helped me kind of connect to some other stakeholders. But then what I kind of did is I had the opportunity to just start acting like the salesperson. Mm -hmm. And I started doing some of the tasks that my sales specialist kind of would have done or wasn't doing or whatever, and just kind of started doing that role mm -hmm. so that when someone had an, someone in the sales organization had an opportunity well, you know, to hire, they said, oh, I've been in meetings with her. She really was good. She really acted like a salesperson. Mm -hmm. 
I'd be interested in having a conversation with her about this role. And it also gives you that ability to, if you try to do the job before you have the job, it can help you avoid some of those mistakes I've made in the past where I thought a job was going to be a really great job, but then it turned out not to be. One thing I would be interested in is, I mean, this is a very male dominated field. And of course, we're two women and we have been quite successful <laughs> uh, working yeah. in it. Um, so we tend to forget maybe, but um, what were the hurdles along the path you took? Because I mean, you're obviously you went your way and you, you, uh, you're going on your journey and that's amazing. But is there anything you encountered that was difficult? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's hard to be it. It's, it's hard to be a woman in I, a woman in IT mm-hmm. and not have encountered uh, many of many challenges, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly, you know, certainly early on, there have been any number of situations where, you know, I, I lacked lacked confidence. You know, I'll say particularly when I particularly when I moved into Dell EMC, it was my first role as a vendor. Um, I had a lot of imposter syndrome, yeah. a lot of doubts about myself because I I, you know, there were all these guys around me who were super technical and knew all this stuff. And here I am, like, I've never worked for a vendor before. It's all, all the technology's new to me. Uh, so it was really hard kind of in those initial sort of stages as I made that move to feel like I really needed to put in extra effort, spend more time on the training and that kind of stuff to prove myself, to prove that I, you know, I deserve to be there and I was just as smart as everybody else. And that was, um, that was difficult to work through. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's always any number of times where I've been talked over. Uh, I've had people uh, take my ideas as their own, <laughs> um, you know, and these are all just things where there's no easy answer to how. Yeah how you deal with those um, other than just figuring out how to have the confidence within yourself Mm -hmm. to to know that you do deserve to be there. You do deserve to have a voice and to speak up and, you know, and, and to be respected just like everybody else on the team. Yeah. I can very much relate to that because I guess it's, it's every woman's experience and um, especially the thing with the imposter syndrome, I think it also comes from moving into a different field and, you know, not being like a legacy computer science nerd yeah. childhood. And, and I am experienced that as well. And um, what I wonder, do you also feel that it has been getting better in the previous years? Um, maybe not better, but due to the fact that there are more women, you feel like you're more at home in IT? I, I don't know. Is that, how is your perception um, that? That's, a, you know, that's a really good question because I, I, I feel like it's getting better in the sense that, uh, yes, there are more women, which is, which is amazing. And I think there's more, um, more visibility and awareness Mm-hmm. You know, VMware is really good at that. There's lots of inclusion programs and those kind of things to, to raise that awareness about how we need to be embracing, you know, everybody and be more inclusive. Um, but by the same token, I do still see it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I do still see it. And 
but for me, you know, because I think I've been in the industry and I've been in the industry so long, I'm, I'm more on the mature end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also changed. Yeah. So I think I've changed for the better in the sense that now, today, I feel like I'm so much more confident. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, either calling things out or speaking up or 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 challenging the status quo yeah, than I yeah. was 20 years ago when I'm, yeah. you know, I was too yeah. afraid. To <laughs> so part of it is that the industry has potentially changed, but I think part of it is that I've also changed. And so my reaction to some stuff is probably different than, you know, I've got some younger women in my team mm-hmm. and, you know, they, I think they sometimes are still struggling with some of the confidence issues in terms of how they speak up you know, how they make their voices heard and those kind of things. Yeah, thank you. That's good input because um, I, I guess, yeah, that's, that's part of it, that we change with, uh, with our jobs and, and we grow. And I've also been in IT for over 20 years, so obviously my perspective has also changed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, good point. But that brings me to my final question, actually, and that is usually if you have any recommendations or tips on how to go about building a career in tech. Um, yeah. Is there anything you would like to tell young women? Well, yeah, I mean, number one, you do not need to have a computer science degree. <laughs> don't, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things that, you know, and I'm always coming across feeds on Twitter where people are debating that. Um, and it's, you know, and, and I'm an example. There's, and I think to your point, and you've said it so well, the technology changes so fast that um, any kind of degree that you get, while useful, absolutely, uh, the technology may or may not be the same. You know, it's more about, um, you know, those technology degrees and those kind of things can help you with just how you do critical thinking, but the actual hands-on and what you're going to do on a daily basis may, you know, it may or may not be there. You're, you know, you're just as well off to get a degree in English yeah. to learn how to, I mean, and seriously, particularly in the virtual world today, things like writing skills are probably at the top of my list in terms of skills that people should be learning, writing skills and presenting skills. Yeah, yeah. Because this format here is what we do all the time now. Very true. And email or PowerPoint presentations are what we do all the time now. And, you know, if I were to, if my family were to ask me what I do, it would be, well, I talk on Zoom and I make PowerPoints. (laughs) Like that's literally what I do. Um, so we underestimate how important it is to be able to write effectively, to be able to tell a story in writing that effectively communicates your point. Yeah. Um, and that would ask, yeah. Um, you know, I guess the, you know, some of the other advice I would have for, for younger folks is, you know, there will always be people who say um, you don't, you don't have the right degree, you don't have the right skills or who potentially question your abilities. And I I think my advice is to just, you just need to tune them out. It's just noise. You need to believe in yourself and um, your own capabilities and do the right things for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I also think 
you know, apply for the job. There are so many uh, jobs out there. And, you know, there's, there's so many statistics as well that say that, you know, uh, men will apply for a job whether they've got, you know, 50% of the job description requirements or 100%. They're like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> Whereas we are so hypercritical mm -hmm. um, about ourselves and say, oh, if I can't tick, you know, 100% of everything in that job description, I'm not going to apply for it and just apply yeah like um, as a as a recruit you know a recruiter who looks for talent these days and and in fact i've, I've just gone through this with a, a recent headcount where um uh, i had someone apply for a role mm -hmm. had an absolutely amazing uh like first screening interview with them thought they were one of the top folks that i talked to and they dropped out because of self-doubt oh really um, because they didn't think they were ready whereas i like you're absolutely ready for this role <laughs> you know so you just never know so i think that's just you know challenge yourself to actually if you see a role that you think is interesting mm -hmm. you know yeah just get out there and apply and be bold thank you that's actually a the be bold. I heard that before from other women, and I think that's uh, very important. Yeah, you just go out, try, and do stuff. Yeah, yeah. And believe in yourself, no matter what some people are saying, because yeah. as you said, there will always be some naysayer stop yeah, trying yeah. to stop you from living your best life. Absolutely, yeah. So thank you for this, Catherine. Thank you for coming on my interview series. It was a great pleasure getting to some time on your busy schedule to talk to you. <laughs> so. Thank you and goodbye. I oh, know. Excellent. Thank you.